Hi, I'm Avis. And I'm Seppi. And you're listening to the Final Final Podcast. Today, we'll be talking to two Kingston students, Alice and Ruby, to uncover what's like being a design student during a pandemic. So first and foremost... Thank you so, 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 so much for taking your time on a Sunday morning. Yeah, I just want to say thank you guys so much for having us. Yeah, if you want to introduce yourself, go for it. Yeah, I'm Ellis. Um, I am a graphic design student studying at Kingston School of Art um, alongside Ruby. I'm Ruby. Exactly the same, graphic design, Kingston School of Art. Um, we both just finished our second year, um, which, as you know, it's been a bit of a roller coaster year. But yeah, like it's really interesting, like how we both, Mavis and I, like discovered like, about the both of you, you know, because Mavis one day she was just like on its nice set and she was like, wait a second. This image that really captivated me a lot, and it's the a bedroom is not a studio image. I think immediately when I read the text as well, I was like, oh my God, I have to read this. And then the more I read this, I was like texting, so I'd be like, okay, I think. I have to message them. I have to message them. Oh, thanks for getting in touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we just read the project and we were like reading the whole article. We were like, this is just so perfect. I would love to hear more about everything really. Like how did the concept first started? What was the first word that made people like think of the next idea in developing this whole concept? Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess it kind of started when myself and Ruby um, decided to collaborate on a project. So in January um, this year when we entered into the third UK lockdown um, our course was kind of just carrying on um, like many other creative courses we were just expected to carry on making work and it was just complete strict lockdown um, and we so me and Ruby we decided we wanted to do the next brief together and we were calling to kind of brainstorm and we were just so we kind of all, all we could talk about was the fact that we were still expected to work and the fact that we couldn't make anything, that we had no access to workshops or studios or the art shop or any basic facility. So every time we had a, an idea, we, we just then sidetracked and started to kind of talk about like how problematic it was that we were still kind of doing doing this work with no consideration for the conditions that we were really working in. Um, and so then we were kind of like, why don't we just do a project on this? Um, because it's all we could be really passionate about at the time. Yeah, I think we were struggling so much to find inspiration as well, because, yeah, so we just had this announcement literally like three days before that lockdown was happening again in the UK. And then obviously, yeah, the uni sent out a big email, like really, it was like really late at night, I remember. And I remember just so like pissed off because they sent it out and like the night before, uni started again and they were just like oh like everything's online like all the libraries are shut everything's online and it was just like okay what like this is come on like we worked we worked through um the November lockdown in 2020 so it was like kind of like well why could we go in then we were just so like stuck to think about anything else because all we could think about was how annoyed we were and how frustrating it was and yeah so we did we tried to just take it upon ourselves to just do a project about that instead of like you know trying to like find this inspiration which wasn't it just wasn't happening yeah because in the, in the first term um when we were kind of allowed in it was still with like a system of kind of 
booking into the workshops so you'd have to have like a consultation with a technician know exactly what you're doing you book in to go you're the only person there with that one technician to do that thing it was very limited access but it was still you knew that if you needed something you could still get it it might be a bit longer but you'd still have access and we were having some studio days where we were socially distanced and kind of they had systems put in place that worked and then suddenly it was like were completely locked out and that's what really started the project we were kind of angry and we wanted to kind of firstly collect evidence of everyone's experience and how everyone was feeling like a lot of people with the art shop closed something as small as that we're now having to kind of go buy materials so I think we started out with like um, a call out on Instagram which wasn't the actual kind of final one we did for the protest in print but just like a, a preliminary one um titled are you as angry as we are I think and then we kind of put that out to ask people to send over things even like receipts for loads of materials they had to buy or like a photo of the bedroom they had to now work in or a fashion student sent us their pattern cutting with like parcel paper and just kind of all all those kind of things but then they were kind of seemingly very um separate some people wrote really long letters to us some people had kind of just a photo of their room And it was all these separate things. And we were kind of thinking, like, how can we kind of have a concept that brings these things together cohesively and allows people to say what they want to say, but also evidence this kind of like struggle with materials or lack of resources? Funny, because we were planning to actually just get all these like photos and all this evidence, all these letters and just send it and just put it in like the dean's office. (laughs) And we're going to do that, which I'm kind of really glad we didn't do that now. We got in touch with like a local student-led campaign at um, Kingston School of Art, which is called What's Happening KSA. They set up this campaign at the start of when the pandemic started affecting education. So I think it was about March or April time in 2020. Yeah, so we got in touch with them and we were like, listen, we really want to get on board. We're really angry and like, yeah, we want to join in basically. And we did. With that, we then were able to promote anything that we wanted to do for the project if there were any call outs um we could promote it through that which was great because they got a really big audience on it i think is mostly kingston students but then they also have links to like a wider campaign called pause or pay which is actually really big it's got like seven thousand followers through that we kind of then were able to connect with art students all, all over the country um not just kingston students so we had kind of a local campaign and a national one which really kind of increased and widened our engagement with other students that's so good which was kind of one of the most amazing things about the project because not only were we receiving protest signs from when we eventually sent out the call out for protest signs specifically we weren't only receiving signs from Kingston students that we knew locally but also like people were emailing me from like Glasgow or like Bournemouth or so we kind of decided to do the protest signs I guess because like I said it kind of gives people a space to say something through language but also kind of the initial call out was to ask for as many like handmade signs as possible because we just wanted to people to make things with anything that they had so it visually showed kind of two things a message and kind of a, a larger message of like we're really struggling to work in the way that we we should be kind of making and learning um practically um like one of my housemates made hers out of pastry what? that's so cool yeah so we just made it with anything 
that we had um and then a lot of people sent in digital stuff which isn't necessarily like made by hand but it was really revealing in the sense that most most people all they had was their laptop to carry on with their degree it was so interesting like seeing all the responses we got they were just all all very different and I'm sure you might have seen like from the photos that we've put out yeah Yeah, there were there was just a a great range of them which is brilliant because this is kind of exactly what we wanted it shows like how it's impacting everyone as Ella said we kind of had these initial submissions of like photographs of like a messy bedroom or like a letter someone wanted to write to Kingston School of Art or something but they were all a bit unlinked and we were kind of like we don't really know what we can do with this like if we want to curate something here which was our sort of intention we were just a bit like you know it's not going to work with a photograph of a messy bedroom and a letter so yeah so then we decided to say you know make a protest sign and we will put it in a book Mm. we both like specialize in sort of publication design so we sort of knew that it would probably end up being a book of some sort and then we decided that we'd send it to the minister of state for universities oh that's so good which is um michelle donnellan damn and yeah we decided to send it to her so we kind of then now have this great drive of you know send us a protest sign and we'll send it for you to government and I think that was the real like punch I think people really liked that and you know it was kind of a nice way of them not having to explicitly go through anything to get to anyone they could just send it to us and then we'd do the rest I think that's why a lot of people sent them in because it was a space all of a sudden to express their thoughts and their frustrations and I think I think a lot of people really needed it, I have to say. I think they needed the space to get it out because there was only so much that we could all do just by talking about it. Definitely. Just channeling it into a protest sign was like a really good... I mean, we did, we both did ours as well. It was great, like, exercise. I think we had it open, the submissions, for, like, a month, maybe. Yeah, and we were getting, like, them sort of, like, every other day. Wow, that's so impressive. People are... Loving it. How were you both feeling when you first got the very first email back or someone's entry? I was going to say like a huge sense of relief because initially we were just like, does anyone care? Like, or will will anyone really see this? And also that we felt so angry, but it's kind of isolating because you would kind of talk to a lot of people and they, mm. they would complain for hours and hours. But the, like, it was kind of like, well, what are you actually doing? Starting this project, you kind of felt like you wanted it to be about action yeah and coming together and so it's kind of relieving and and it's just a really nice thing to to begin to receive emails from people that I've never met and probably will never meet that they kind of were bothered to contribute to like our small projects and it's just really it was really wholesome I think in the beginning for sure and then as it got bigger we were just like wow this is this is incredible that so many other people will now know about this and and want to take part and it kind of got us really excited to to design the publication I guess exactly and I think one of the biggest like takeaways from it that we've said quite a few times is that it really felt like we'd formed our own community Based on the conversations that we have, the word evidence and the word taking action, like these two bits really struck me the most. And I think that's what really captivated me with the idea as well. You're stuck in a situation that requires you to pay more money to access the things that you paid for already exactly it's like you know everyone paying for you know all these materials which you now can buy from the university art shop which is obviously like discounted at a student rate um that was a really a really big thing 
Um, And also, you know, I think that's part of the process in like when you're designing something is you can go to the art shop and just look at all the materials and be like, I want to use that. Like, great. And that you can feel it and you can like look at it and without having to, you know, order it online and then it arriving and it being not the right thing. So I think, yeah, and it's a shame. It was a shame that we didn't have that because I've, I thought it's like a really, I think it's a really big part of the process um, to test it all out, basically, to test all the materials out. But um, Ellis and I actually, from the get go, we were quite keen on just using what we had. We didn't want to spend any more money and we didn't really want to go out of our way to order something. Rightly so. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, like, as you can see, the the book is designed, like, it's like an envelope cover. Which I love. So smart. Yeah, it's so cool. All it cost, really, was the cost of, like, an A4 envelope um, and a first-class stamp and then the printing cost, which was, I don't know, like, four quid. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we were happy with the fact that we could produce it. But I don't know what it would have looked like if we kind of went all out. Yeah, yeah, that's that a is. great question, by the way. <laughs> How would it look like? <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like we would have tried and got all like snazzy with it, and like, it would have been yeah. really like it probably would have been bigger. Yeah, that's the thing though, because we kind of had this really interesting restriction, like design wise, on on how it could be. Because I think we worked out, wasn't it? It's was, like for a first class large letter, there's like a certain depth like it can only be like 2.5 centimeters or oh, something any yeah, thicker yeah, yeah. then it's like considered a parcel I don't know but then that was really interesting so we were like okay so it has, yeah you know we can only have so many I think that's why we capped um the entries at a certain point and decided like how many can fit in the publication because we wanted to still be able to send it like in that way um but yeah so the yeah the book is very much a product of the circumstance oh I love that though I think it's like such a statement piece, you know, you're going to look back in that, at that like in a few years time and be like, wow, this is literally a physical representation of what we've been through, you know? No, for sure. I think it's going to be like a re, like a marker, you know? 100%. No, it's just really interesting because when, when like Mavis asked that question to the both of you, I was just thinking it'd be so cool in like maybe five years time, maybe less, hopefully when things can like settle, I'd love to be able to see these like projected, you know, like really big, like in just, it's just in like some, in some like hall like an immersive like experience I would love to be able to just like see them being like projected and like being able to walk through and like see it all I don't know I feel like it'd be so amazing oh yeah that's true to see it kind of like firsthand out of the book as much as I love the book it's obviously amazing right now yeah no something me and Ruby actually did recently was there was an exhibition of the project that we put up in Kingston um yeah, as as part of kind of like um, a Kingston Uni initiative where they've kind of got a creative meanwhile space in Kingston. So like um, an old unused building and they've kind of made it a space for exhibitions and for students to sell their work. Um, but it was kind of an interesting experience of like having this publication, but then making it into just an exhibition of all these like individual pieces um so that was kind of really fun to curate and then yeah see like you said see the book in like a different way but yeah no but, but that's kind of yes yeah, it's, it's over now but it was up for I think just over a month nice I'm really glad that they did that I love the fact that it wasn't uh Instagram campaign or protest 
Yeah. Like, sure, it, it can be on digital, but I'm glad that it's a publication of itself and the fact that the cover itself is the envelope is so perfect, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think so too. Especially with so many things going on right now. Like, it's obviously great and how social media can help. Like, obviously, it's really helped within the process of your project, right? But I, like Mavis said, I completely agree. I think it's nice that it didn't end at just being digital. Does that make sense? I think sometimes people forget having physical items is actually... Valuable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, such a valuable thing to have. Like, right now, like, my this laptop I'm on behind me is just literally about 30 books. Like, I'm not even kidding you. And I love having, like, physical things. And especially in the future, you can, like, look back at this. Like I said earlier on, it would just be so great you know it won't be like archived somewhere in that sense you actually have it archived and to hopefully look back at and be like yeah we we did this sort of thing yeah no definitely and one more thing as well I think it's the it goes back to the point that you guys made that it's about taking action Mm. and I think with social media I'm guilty of as well like the disconnect where people tend to forget that you can't talk to your like counselors like estates like the people who work in these institutions instead of just like having this echo chamber on social media that's just growing louder and louder in order for them to take seek attention I think it takes like two hands to clap and I think your work really gave me a good reminder about that the relationship between an individual and the state and how it requires both parties to um, make a change like indeed one would definitely have more power on the other but it's to push a step further or rather making that choice to do it that's also important the fact that you make it into a publication and sending it out mm. it's these steps that would make like a difference yeah also just being a voice for students as well because I doubt there's really been anything else that's happened like that you know just taking that step to be like we should just do it yeah and like you said I think sometimes the inspiration for something as cliche as it sounds it's sometimes literally just right in front of your face yeah no definitely I think that's kind of initially we were when we started the project we were frustrated about the circumstance but also the fact that in the news like most of the coverage of students was kind of more just about fees and we felt very forgotten like no one really had realized like what it's like as a studio-based learner to be online like how is online art school an acceptable education you know like and no one was talking about that and we were just kind of like well we want to talk about it because it's it's just not it's just kind of ridiculous um as a concept that that we're doing this um it's just like every like news briefing that Boris Johnson was doing like there was just no mention of like students full stop yeah 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 every time it was just like it was like schools and then it'd be like and then just nothing and it's like what are you doing <laughs> like it's just like you know there's an education sector of the government but they just didn't want to talk about it I really don't get it like I, a lot of a lot of people I've, I've had a bad conversation with a lot of people they're just like every time there was something on the news it, everyone was just waiting for some sort of university announcement they just didn't seem to care which is frustrating like even though Mavis and I we haven't been students for like a little while now and we were just messaging each other every time these things would happen we're like what about uni students like we always would say we were frustrated on your behalf you know and we were like what can we do like you know like it's just so ridiculous that you're having to like be so limited and obviously the fees is so annoying because you're still paying the full fees it's obviously even more frustrating but also it's just the fact that you can't get a full experience of your education you know 
yeah we were just talking about this and we were just so keen to be like we need to get someone's opinion on this now that i think about it as well not to say that like oh we are the only ones who are doing it but as an industry as well i think we should care about these things yeah yeah we should talk about it because it's gonna affect like what the students are learning and how that how are they gonna transition within the industry once they have graduated so on and so forth how can we like guide them better due to the circumstances that they have faced during the pandemic that prevented them to get access of like certain education has there been that much conversations about this do you guys know i mean not enough is the answer for sure um and i think that yeah like all of these things are going to have a huge knock-on effect like I think part of the reason that myself and Ruby are now taking this kind of year out to do Erasmus and not going straight into third year is because if I graduated in a year I would not feel ready to go into the working world as a, as a young designer and have enough skills it's kind of crazy to me that this year like I've essentially been pushed behind so much in, in terms of like my making skills like the print room has been closed for some of the year or very limited kind of access to it but myself and Ruby are like both doing publication and we're very hands-on people like if we can't just make something on InDesign and then be satisfied with it being finished we want to kind of do the whole thing we want to bind it we want to print it all it's been hugely frustrating to not then kind of gain those practical hands-on skills that we need to realize these ideas like they're not they don't just exist as ideas they need to exist as as things and I mean like Kingston's whole philosophy is thinking through making right and it's like this has just been thinking because we, we haven't really been able to do much making I don't know it's just it's so important to work through things with facilities resources technicians help and to be also to be in the studio with other people and to see what they're doing that's, so that's been one of the weirdest things about this year is everyone's felt so disconnected and that has a huge effect as well on, on your practice because you know your cohort is kind of some of the people you learn the most of despite your your tutors or other other people you you kind of really gain so much off each other yeah and I think that's although we've kind of we have seen people's work on online presentations it's kind of not the same as like really sharing a space with others and and seeing how they're going about doing things and just kind of having spontaneous conversations not just kind of orchestrated online calls um yeah it's it's, it's hugely frustrating yeah. I feel really sorry for a lot of people that have graduated this year because like their show is online like they don't even have like a physical degree show and and that's really bad as well then entering into industry because you've not had like one a way to celebrate your three years of study but also a way to show your actual work I don't know I could go on for ages sorry <laughs> but it's yeah you're you're I t you're totally right and I agree it's just like no one's really talking enough about the kind of long-term effects of these kind of experiences of our education yeah, yeah there's yeah. so many students who aren't going to be able to afford to like sit on a laptop and just rely on that for their education this year like I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are now thinking like I can't go to university because I don't have a laptop and that's just so horrible and so heartbreaking and I think there's no there's no talk about that let alone you know just the whole thing in general like it's just it's so flawed <laughs> it's so so flawed mm. I think what we wanted to to emphasize like 
as we've said um, with the call out, it was just that it could just be a handmade protest sign and it was through Instagram, which, you know, is quite accessible to the sort of like everyday student, I guess now, you know, we wanted to emphasize it doesn't have to be made on like a polished, like Adobe program acceptable to us because you know we're not gonna critique it in the same way that like a university might like we're doing this as like a as a, as a way to come together rather than to some kind of limit you further it's actually to take that limit away and let you do what you want something just clicked in my head you know when you said the computer thing i don't know did i speak to you on the phone because there was someone who called me from kingston trying to raise money about um like help students who couldn't afford like laptops and stuff they were like doing funding oh my gosh <laughs> yeah it was me oh my god like that's so weird <laughs> <wasn't> you <laughs> <laughs> no but I was actually really aware of that I mean it was like a student cooler program and yeah they... and they said there were second year graphic design student too so I was like uh, wait a second wait a second uh, <laughs> well no it wasn't me sorry I just, I just had like a moment of revelation right then when you said that but I did donate <laughs> yeah that was crazy but I completely agree when I was speaking to whoever was speaking to me on the phone at that time they were mentioning just how a lot of students have been struggling to even be able to afford like you said to work off a laptop and a lot of students can't afford that that's where they borrow laptops from the university to help aid their studies and my heart just broke hearing that you know yeah yeah no it's, it's really awful I mean it's like you know students flat out this whole year you know it's like just everyone is expected to just have a working laptop but then yeah for the creative degree it's like you've got a basic basically you just got to have an apple computer because adobe is so much it just works on apple work much better and much more like efficiently and I hate that like I just hate that that's such a thing and then it's like you know if you don't have that then your work might not be as successful and, and like Apple computers are really expensive and then so is a subscription to Adobe I mean we're lucky in that we get it for free with our university yeah I think working this year in this way has made us really crack down on stuff like that like I remember at the beginning of the year when we all had to choose a strand like a specialism within our graphic design course for second year um the type strand kind of presented what that would kind of entail. And they basically said, if you can't afford this 150 pound software, you can't do this strand. And most likely if you, if you don't have an Apple computer, then it won't work well. So, and I just, I just flipped <laughs> like the, the next student representative meeting. I, I just said, this is not acceptable. This should just be bought for all students that want to partake. Like how are we expected on top of everything else to afford that? And it's stuff like they, they want a professional portfolio at the end of the year, which in the design context is a website, right? And I said, well, you know, we shouldn't have to pay for a subscription to like a web building site to, to have a website. You should, if the whole year is online, that's the one thing you should contribute to, which resulted in them getting us free kind of cargo subscriptions. So we could, we could do that and we could use, a web builder site to for our projects or our portfolio but it's just things like that that like if they hadn't been pushed they might not have happened but they really they're kind of the basics of what should be there if you're paying nine grand and also working from home like it's a privilege for your home to be a safe or quiet space for you to be able to do work as well as like like ruby has been saying about having like a sufficient laptop or resources to study i just yeah i think all of that kind of has been like very forgotten alongside kind of mental health of students throughout lockdown and this year well I think you know it's, it's kind of a tricky one because as far as I know the next term come September is going to be online again so that's yeah that's 
literally the most I know on it it's kind of just that they've announced that much um I think they're gonna have to just start adapting in some way to make it a bit more accessible though because they can't just keep working like this and I think they might feel a bit comfortable with it now in some ways yeah that's the that's the issue right because there could be a chance that it's easier for them to do things online now that they have gotten used to it which is ridiculous exactly. it's like easy for a lecturer to, to do their lecture online because they just make powerpoint and then they just talk about it online rather than having to like go into lecture hall and like you know say all this and that you know i think things like lectures will probably remain online for a while i think um i don't even know if they'll like go back when things are back to normal because i think they'll just think oh it's just easy this way and the same with like tutorials and stuff i I wouldn't be surprised if they stay online i think something we we realized through um being part of our local Kingston campaign and kind of having these conversations with senior members of staff and organising meetings and campaign meetings. Um, We kind of realised there's only so much that the university in and of itself can do. Like um, they're kind of very controlled by government legislation and kind of government decisions, COVID-wise, running an institution. But what we were kind of aiming to do through the campaign was just to kind of increase the communication with students on these things, increase transparency, and also for there to be action taken to improve our online learning in whatever form that has to take right now, just to make improvements where we can. Like, we're kind of obviously not in a dreamland where we think everything should be in person. Like, there are reasons why we can't be in spaces together to keep each other safe. But it was just things like, like I said, giving a subscription so that everyone can build a website for free. One huge win that we've gained through campaigning this year is that the workshops and studio spaces are open till the end of the summer and they usually would be closed by now. So for people that obviously throughout lockdown have not been able to actually physically make the projects and the work they've been doing, they now can go in the workshop and spend, you know, weeks of this summer kind of making a portfolio physically if they wanted to. Like it's not ideal because it's the summer holidays, but they, you know, they they promise to keep that open and and they have. So I think there's there's been definitely some successes in terms of KSA that like have kind of tried a lot with um, what we've been asking for. Some things are harder to do than others, but and there's obviously still a lot of work to do. But I think there have been some some significant wins for sure. Oh, it's so tough. At least there has been some wins of some form, you know. I think, I guess, you kind of answered a lot, like, the question of how we're going to, like, talk about how, what you hate about it, you know, what the kind of negatives have been. I think that's just, like, we've kind of covered that as well, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Also... Oh, no, go on, baby. <laughs> no, no, no. I just want to, like, thank you all for your hard work, like, on behalf of the other students for campaigning. Yes. Like, I recognise your efforts. Like, even for the cargo, like, subscription thing... That is genuinely so nice and it's so true that, you know what, design schools, like now, with how things are running, everyone kind of expects a student to have their own site. And for example, if they're on Behance, like people will be like, in terms of the feedback I've gotten and I do agree upon as well, like it's better for a student to do their own website, which is more custom and more bespoke to their own taste and style compared to like a behind site that's free so it's things like that that the schools really need to consider to actually make these things accessible for the students so i i really hope that um other schools as well follow this um action of making it free and accessible for students like 
Thank you for your work. It's really good. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. I wish, like, it just makes me think when I was a student, I wish I was more proactive on some of these things as well. You know, you sometimes kind of forget, even though obviously we didn't have like COVID back then. But still, like the whole website thing, we even had that when I was at Kingston. We ha- we only use like the Cargo Collective, the like free subscription thing. The uni totally should have, you know, helped us as students. And I can't believe that they're still not doing that. And it's it's horrible because like, I guess when I was a student, my friends and I, we just kind of were like, oh, it's, that's just uni, you know. We, we obviously were in a mind blur of not acknowledging that. Like Mavis said, I think it's so great that you've done that because I'm sure a lot of students would, would have just brushed it off. And I think it's just so important. No, for sure. And I think, like, I have to say, like, it has really sparked something in me now, like a drive to, like, make sure that my education is actually, like, worth it and worth the money. And I think it's really opened up, like, you know, thoughts about just wider education in general, like schools, like what happens in schools. And I think the project really, like, made me realise that it can work mm-hmm. sometimes. that if there is a drive there and if there is a commitment um it can it can work like just coming together in solidarity yeah yeah. I love that yeah and I think also that there's huge power in collaboration like as someone that maybe uh, kind of obviously you kind of do like group projects within your course and things but I've never collaborated with so many people on such a scale and I'm sure Ruby you're the same it's unimaginable some of the things that you can you can achieve if you want to take action on something it's so important to find other people that feel the same and kind of work with them like no one has to kind of just do things completely alone doesn't usually go as far yeah and just it becomes really exciting and you can make new friends and that is kind of fun as well like there's so many lovely people that we've met through the kind of Kingsland campaign and also like the wiser campaign um, and everyone that contributed so yeah I think that's that's another huge thing just that collaboration does make things kind of go a lot further than you'd expect yeah yeah I completely agree like even this happening right now like it's literally just like a whole collaborative thing you know like it's so interesting like Mavis and I we actually met each other through a friend because I worked in Singapore and then her friend introduced me to Mavis while she was studying here And then we just became like really good friends. And we just realized that we talk a lot about these topics, like just in design and everything. We're like, we talk about this so much, like a pandemic is happening. Why don't we just like everyone else do a little podcast for fun, right? Let's just like do it. You know, do you know what I mean? Like even though everyone else is doing it, we're like, screw it. Like we just want to talk to other people, make a safe space. And it's amazing. Like, you know, we look at our statistics and we have people, I think in over like 16 countries now listening, even if it's just like one person, but it's just like really cool to to think that someone in like I don't know like I don't know Brazil has like listened to us and we're like whoa that's kind of cool you know so that's just amazing like you know Mavis has had a message from a complete stranger just saying this massive paragraph being like you know we're so I'm so thankful to like listening to your episode and la 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 we were just so touched by that we're like strangers like wow what okay (laughs) I think it's also like with a podcast that Sabi and I has done we get to speak to people like you both you know like it gives us not an excuse but a reason to reach out to you both and it's important to have these conversations and share them publicly with everyone else to let them know what actually is happening and also like um, inspire people to also take action with whatever it is that they have within themselves to know that maybe it's worth taking the action and good things can come out from it yeah 
I hope, you know, if anyone's listening who are based, you know, in other countries that they can really be inspired. I hate that word, it's such a cliche, cliche word. <laughs> but, you know, like they can, you know, take a, what's that word, that phrase, like a, what was it, a note out of your book to be, be like, you know what, I'm maybe studying another country, but I want to speak up about things that have been happening, you know, during the pandemic. And, you know, it makes me really excited to think there's people in other countries that can be excited by your work as well. Just a quick shout out as well. I just want to say if anyone listening wants to read the article that um, Ellis and Ruby will have been featured, it's on It's Nice That. And it was published on the 10th of May in 2021. And the like main headline says design students protest online art school with a book of protest signs. And it's really worth reading if you want to get a bit more context as well. Is there anything you would like to shout out? or say um i think it's just worth shouting out um what's happening ksa and pause or pay the two campaigns um without which i don't think we would have been able to do the project so um thanks to them we were able to reach out to everybody who got involved um and yeah they were great such great help and it's been amazing to be a part a part of that this year yeah and for any um creative students in the uk following pause or pay and kind of keeping up with everything they're doing is is kind of really good place to to start with taking action um and maybe getting in touch with other students as well um they're kind of doing loads of stuff all the time um across different universities so definitely check them out via instagram and i think also just to say thank you to everybody who took part because again without you we wouldn't have been able to do it so (laughs) it's been amazing to to see everyone's work and collaborate with everyone and um yeah just thanks and thank you both for having us on your podcast as well. No, of course. I think we're the on we're the one who are honoured to have you two. Like you know, like we're like, wow, this is kind of cool, right? <laughs> I'm genuinely so grateful for your time. Like to even speak about this. Genuinely, like if you're ever in London, please message me and let me know. And I would love to meet you both, and we can have longer chats. It'd be great. We have to definitely try and meet up sometime for sure. It'd be really, really good to do that. But also, is there anywhere like any of our listeners they could maybe check out your work? I don't know if you do have anything set up. Like, is there anything you want to? Yeah. Um. I mean, we both got websites up. I mean, you could start just by following me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Go shout out. Shout out your IG. <laughs> shameless. Come on. Shameless plugs. Let's go. I mean, my Instagram's um Ruby. And it's like a double underscore B-E-T-T-T-S. And then my website is rubybets.cargo.site. So, yeah. And that's what, I mean, that is linked to my Instagram anyway. My kind of full portfolio is more on my website, which is ellistree.com. And then my Instagram is just ellistree. Um, so if you want to follow me, that's kind of more like work in progress and little bits. But yeah. We'll make sure to put them in the description of the podcast as well. We'll make sure we do that so people can have that as well <laughs> but yeah it's been like really wonderful and once again like thank you for joining us especially on the weekend of all days <laughs> you know especially a Sunday morning oh <laughs> we've like really really enjoyed our time and to everyone listening thank you once again for listening and we hope you enjoyed the podcast and as always feel free to pop us a message on our Instagrams and Mavis's is, is at M-E-Y-Y-V-I-S <laughs> and mine is at Hello Sepi, hello and then S-E-P-I. So yeah, feel free to message us or the wonderful, wonderful Ellis and Ruby if you want to talk to them. Anything more about their project, they'll be, I'm sure, more than honoured to talk to you. Yeah, for sure. And once again, thanks for listening and goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>